I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the Opposition Research Podcast on HawkeyeNation.com. Welcome to the Opposition Research Podcast here on HawkeyeNation.com. My name is Andrew Downs. Each week I'll find a beat reporter, blogger, or broadcaster that covers Iowa's upcoming opponent. If you have a suggestion for who I should talk to in a given week, or if you have questions you'd like me to ask, find me on Twitter, at Andrew C. Downs. Let's get to this week's game. Back under the Kinnick lights against Michigan State, Iowa currently about a 12-point favorite. And my guest today covers the Spartans for MLive.com. It's Matt Wenzel. Matt, thanks for the time. Yeah, no problem. All right, before we dive into this year's matchup, obviously it's been a wild few weeks culminating in today's official firing of Mel Tucker. Well, what's the feeling around the program right now? <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a loaded question. Um, uncertainty would be uh, one place to start. Uh, you know, this is just a complete disaster. Uh, you got your head coach uh, who just less than two years ago signed a 10-year, $95 million extension, is now out. You know, he's been suspended since September 10th. So today's news is not really anything. On a, I mean, this is expected. You know, the minute the USA, USA Today report was published, uh, the details made it clearly impossible that he was ever going to coach another game at Michigan State. So just been about the formality of, of, of severing ties with him. Um, what the team is left with, I that's a that's hard to answer. You know, I was you know, they got absolutely steamrolled by Washington, as most teams in the country would. But they, you know, I know the final score last week looks ugly. You know, thirty-one to nine at home against Maryland, but it, they were they showed some fight. You know, they went down twenty-one to nothing, and they they you know they had a chance to pull up in one score with about six minutes left in the game, but you know five turnovers just absolutely doomed them. So, but you know, they did show some resilience. Now, what really the the what really has to be watched is is where this team moves forward as far as its roster. With with Mel being officially fired t- today, Thursday will start the opening of a 30-day portal window um for players on that roster. Now, everybody doesn't have the same opportunities, you know, given their eligibility status and where they're at academically and whether they've already used the one-time transfer rule and all all that. Um, And there's also, you know, the four-game redshirt rule. So players who are on the team now who have played in four games already, if they have a redshirt year still to use, do they want to use it at Michigan State this year? That's going to be a huge question that looms, and we're going to – we'll find out. (laughs) <laughs> pretty soon, you know, I, I would imagine guys start hitting the portal tomorrow. And then even if they don't make announcements publicly, you know, you know, who is going to, who's making the trip to, uh, to Iowa city, you know, who's going to be available and who's going to stick it out this season. You know, some guys really don't have any other choice, but yeah, that's, it's a very difficult, pretty much impossible position for acting head coach, now interim head coach, Harlan Barnett, to be in. It's uh, real challenging. 
You know, and, and I read your article on, on MLive.com about that potential of a bunch of players hitting the transfer portal, and, and it seems like from the outside, things are in disarray. Uh, are you getting a – are they portraying any sense of, like, togetherness or us against the world? Is there any aspect that, that this could be turned into, you know, some level of a positive as they head to Iowa City this week? Well, yeah. I mean, they've been – saying all the right things uh, Harlan has in the players that have been made available have, but you know, the, you know, this deal this is not an open locker room situation. You, you know, the players that they have made available that that has decreased, you know, and who's been able to, who they've brought up there to talk since this all ha- started happening. And the guys that they're going to put up there are the guys that are going to say the right thing. Now, where these, where everybody's at individually. And, you know, they, after last week's loss to Maryland, um, Harlan said, you know, he told the team in the locker room, look, anybody who doesn't want to be here, just raise your hand. And that's fine. You know, you can go, you know, we can go our separate ways, obviously not a spot where, where guys are really going to feel comfortable doing that. So there will obviously be people, players that are not going to want to continue playing. They're, they're just going to, you know, they'll have to, you know, to, to remain eligible at their, at their next school, they'll have to finish out the semester academically, but they're going to, you know, say, I've had enough of this. I'm saving the rest of the year and I'm going to use it somewhere else, you know, and, and to their, you know, credit, they, they didn't sign up for this. So yeah, it's, they're saying the right things publicly, but what exactly is going on behind the scenes? You know, that's who knows. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. A 2-0 start now to, you know, blowout losses after this Mel Tucker news, as well as a significant step up in the quality of opponent. We shouldn't ignore that. So to what do you most attribute the change the past two weeks? Is it just the uncertainty at the top of this program? No, I think it's mostly the the competition. You know, you you pull away against Central Michigan in, in the second half, and then you, you know, you roll over a, a FCS program in, in Richmond that, you know, is just completely overmatched, but there were red flags in those games as well. You know, slow starts offensively some, some stuff defensively stuff in all, in, in all three phases that were, that were concerns that were concerns heading into the season. And you thought, I mean, well, before this, even before the season even began or any of this, you knew that Washington game was going to tell you something about where this team's at. And it, said plenty <laughs> that may have been the worst matchup for them in the country They're, you know, Michael Penix is an incredible player. He's got NFL receivers and Michigan state's defense. It's past defense, especially has not been able to stop anybody uh, for years, basically anybody that's had a competent passing attack. So it's, it's, I mean, you can't discount the, the Tucker stuff and, 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 you know, the uncertainty as far as how that plays out with the team, these guys individually. But I think the, the competition is more, the reason you've seen what you've seen um, the last couple of weeks. And again, last week, I thought, you know, uh, last year they went to Washington and got, you know, thumped out in Seattle and came home and the following week hosted Minnesota. And they, it was, you know, an awful performance. <laughs> they, were just, they couldn't do anything. 
that, that wasn't the case last week. You know, you, like I mentioned earlier, you know, you saw some, some guys staying in the game, fighting the defense, got some stops there to keep them in the game. But, uh, you know, overall it's a competition. And then these problems, you know, the turnovers, you have inconsistent quarterback play. You have a, a pretty good new running back in, in Nathan Carter, the UConn transfer, but, you know, the inability to get tough yards at times is, is still there. And, and, you know, this team is not, is not good enough to overcome mistakes and they've been making too many of them. Yeah, looking at at this team, uh, the the offense hasn't been too effective the past two games, as you just talked about. W- what are they trying to do, and and why hasn't it worked? Well, uh, again, you go back. It starts. Well, offensive line has not been great, and and that's kind of been a theme. Um, Noah Kim, the quarterback, you know, he waited. You know, this is his fourth year with the program. He waited a shot for his turn. He's he's looked good at times, but been inconsistent. You know, you saw him with. You know, he, he, two games in a row, you know, his first pick is there's a defender just sitting there over the middle waiting and reading him, and he doesn't see him, and it's an easy interception. And then he, you know, he, he gets picked off another time, fumbles once, although they recovered it. I mean, he was lucky. He got picked twice last weekend, and lucky it wasn't four because there were a couple other a couple other instances where a ball could have easily been intercepted. And he didn't get a ton of help. You know, he had, he had receiver, a tight end drop a pass down the sideline that probably would have been a touchdown and, and a receiver drop a tougher one in the end zone. That would have been a touchdown. He had, you know, and then he, he airmails a, a wide open receiver on, on what would have definitely been a score. So just, just a lot of things contributing to it. And, and just and special teams were, you know, a mess again last week with, you know, a field, low field goal that was blocked. Uh, you had a fumble on a kickoff return. You had a 22 yard punt. You, you give up a, a fake punt that for a first down when you're in position to to get a three and out and get off the field. So pretty much pick, pick a category, and uh, they've struggled there. The Spartans have given up 72 points the past two weeks, uh, but that's that's the two pretty good quarterbacks, a couple of good teams, and, and this Iowa offense is far from high-powered. Uh, how will the Michigan State defense try to attack this Hawkeye offense? Well, I think this is going to be a much different challenge than the last two weeks, obviously. Uh, you know, this is, as you guys over there are well aware, this is not a uh, a Washington attack led by Michael Penix or anything like that. Uh, this is, you know, Iowa's offense is one of the worst in the nation and in pretty much every major statistical category. You know, it's, you know, the old cliche of, you know, stop the run and it's going to be in the trenches where they have to perform and defend the tight ends and all that. Um, if they're going to have a chance, they just they have to erase what they've been doing the last two weeks and and, and just digging themselves these huge holes way too early and 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 not you know, just trying to get out of it. They don't have the team that can do that. So, you know, I would expect you know that that to be the focus, obviously up front and and you know getting uh, the offense to be a lot cleaner. Iowa needs a bounce back win after the embarrassing performance at Penn State. Michigan State just needs something positive. Uh, is, is your sense that the program sees this as an opportunity to start to turn things around? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are winnable games left on the schedule. I would not count Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State to be among those. But and I, you know, this one, who knows? They're obviously a you know an underdog again. So yeah, I mean, they're like again, yeah, they're saying the right things, and you know, if they can, if he, if if Harlan can somehow keep this team together as best he can. And they can, you know, go out on the road and get a win, an unexpected win at Iowa. You know, they could head in, they would head into the bye week 
with something to be positive about amid all this. And then who knows what happens after that? You know, again, the bye week will be followed by, uh, you know, tough challenge, obviously. But uh, yeah, I just they need to get something positive or this will be uh, there's the potential for this to be an extremely long two months. It's been a good series between these programs, although they've only played twice since that 2015 Big Ten championship game. Uh, what, what is the Spartan program, or, or maybe more importantly, what does the, the the Michigan State fan base generally think of Iowa? Um, you know, they're traditionally, you know, they respect that Iowa as a program. You know, Kirk's been there forever. They've had some really good games. I think if you ask any Michigan State fan about Iowa, the first thing that will come to mind is the 2015 Big Ten championship game, obviously, and that final drive, uh, you know, two tough programs, you know, that basically, you know, had kind of built on a lot of the same, you know, similar foundations. So a lot of respect, obviously, for, for Iowa and, and uh, you know, longevity Kurt had there amid, uh, you know, obviously some some rocky patches, but, you know, Michigan State had uh, plenty of those under Mark and, and uh, obviously uh, <laughs> in a difficult spot right now. So, yeah, I, I think they're, they, they're, <laughs> There is no lack of respect on the Michigan State side for for Iowa, obviously. DraftKings has the point total of this game at thirty six and a half. That that's low for most teams. That's pretty average uh, for Iowa. You see any chance this game gets to that number? Oh boy. Well, I would say no. <laughs> um, but then again, uh, I was at uh, Kinnick three years ago when uh, Iowa put up forty nine. I think it was. So uh, you. you I mean, if if they got a bunch of if Michigan State has a bunch of guys that uh, that all of a sudden don't don't yeah. want to keep playing and and it goes south, who knows how this could end up? Because that game was over real early that year. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't bet on it, but I, I haven't. I've been a little busy and I haven't got to making a, a, a final prediction yet this week. Well, we'll check I that have to out. Do that actually right now. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll check that out at mlive.com. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter, mwenzel2. Uh, Matt Wenzel, thank you so much for the time, man. I appreciate it, and uh, and good luck uh, covering this team and, and everything surrounding it uh, the rest of the season. No problem. I appreciate it. Well, there it is. I mean, that's a program in disarray in, in Michigan State, uh, probably looking at Iowa's offense as a, a, a you know somewhere they can start to turn things around and get a positive, but uh, it's, it's interesting. We don't know what this team's going to look like come Saturday afternoon, uh, Saturday evening when they get to Iowa City. Um, the transfer portal stuff, uh, has their will been broken? Is there an us against the world type thing happening? Uh, this is going to be interesting. Obviously it's interesting on the Iowa side too. You need to see some forward momentum from that offense. Uh, the entire team, the entire fan base, the entire program needs a positive and, uh, doesn't feel like you could have a better time to have a team like Michigan state in the current situation that they're in coming into Kinnick stadium. We're going to have it all covered at HawkeyeNation.com, as we always do. Uh, check out Joe Schmelka and myself on the Hawkeye Nation radio show uh, on 106.3 KXNO in Des Moines, iHeartRadio, wherever you uh, wherever you are, and right here on the Hawkeye Nation podcast network. We do that Thursdays at 6 o'clock. Thank you so much for listening, and go Hawks. <laughs>